Welcome to a special late edition of An Hour of Your Life. Uh, my name is Kim. And I'm Steve. And on the phone with us again this week is our lovely and beautiful friend, Ms. Anya, who is hey guys. here to talk to us um, part two on modeling. Um, we missed you for a week because we took some time off for Thanksgiving. Did you have a lovely Thanksgiving? You know what? It was very uh, low key because we don't have family close by. So yeah, it was me not feeling like cooking and attempting it anyway and trying to make that fit with my keto diet. (laughs) We flew down to Florida on an airlines. I won't mention the name of the airline, but basically it's one of those really cheap airlines that you buy your ticket. And if you want to breathe, you have to pay an extra fee. (laughs) If you, if you bring a bag, you have to bring an extra fee. Well, they charged us an extra $25 for the extra weight we put on, on the way back. I mean, oh my gosh, we ate a lot. (laughs) It's fine. We had how many pies? Like a cherry, two pecan. We ate pictures of it. You guys had a ton of pie. We ate a pecan pie. So, so Steve's mom, like we went down to Florida to spend Thanksgiving with his family and his mom says he, he calls shenanigans on this, but his mom supposedly has a tradition of eating a slice of pecan pie on Thanksgiving Eve. Um, and so like I baked a pecan pie and she ate a piece and then everybody else ate a piece. And then before I knew it, the pie was gone. So yeah. then I had to make a whole other pie. Yeah. Now I've known, oh my my, gosh. I've known my mom my entire life. Really? And I didn't know. Clearly. That was, I did not <laughs> know that was one of her traditions. I think she just wanted a piece of pecan pie that night. No, I seem to remember her doing that last year too. Okay. So Anya, we say pecan. Yeah. What do you say? I say pecan as well. But I hear a lot of people say pecan oh, or pecan. Crawl. Okay. A pecan. I, I just watched a video, a YouTube video. I forget the guy's name, Alonzo something. And he does all the 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 videos about the people who can't spell <laughs> and just the funny things. So this last one we watched was his Thanksgiving foods that you should never eat. Like just really crappy stuff. And he said pecan. And I'm like, oh my gosh, <sighs> it's not pecan. No, stop it. <laughs> you so this is the first time I really paid attention to I mean, I made one last year, but this is the first time like I really paid attention to what goes in it. Pecan pie is literally cornstarch, sugar, and butter. Corn syrup. Yes. Eggs. Like that's it. Corn syrup. It's not I know. Sugar. Oh yeah, corn syrup. Butter, yeah. sugar, and eggs. That's it. And pecans. Yeah. My sister absolutely despises pecan pie. And honestly, I'm not like a super huge fan of it either just because I know what's in it. And I'm like, <sighs> oh, my gosh. It's just sugar with more sugar and some eggs. It's my favorite pie. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> Go, Steve. <laughs> I, I never thought of this, but what part of the country are you from? Where did, where did you I'm from up? Wyoming, so Wyoming. that would be west. Some people call it Midwest, and oh, yeah. it ain't Midwest, so sorry. Okay. I'd, yeah, I don't think of so Wyoming as the Midwest. we can start that argument. I don't think of Wyoming <laughs> as the Midwest. Wyoming is no, like part but, of the Wild West. Totally. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So, I mean, Ohio, Indiana, like all that, that's Midwest. Yeah. Wyoming, that is so far west, it's not even funny. People, It's so far west, people don't even know it exists. Do you do you miss it like living in Florida? Because you live in like a bigger city area. Yeah, I'm close. Yeah, close to Orlando. And honestly, like I'm I'm in and out. I might as well live in okay. Orlando and Tampa both. But um, I miss it sometimes. Well, after just we, the like, fact after we get off the uh, the podcast here, I'll give you the name yeah. of the airline. But uh, <laughs> it's, up to you. it's up to you. I mean, look, in all fairness, the plane took off on time. It was easy getting on. We got in early both times, like getting down to Florida and getting home. We were at least 15 minutes That's early. That's impressive. But it did. That's impressive. It did take me for a shock that, you know, ladies, if you have a purse, that is. That's your item. That, that is you your item that on. you can carry on. So, I mean, it was still cheaper than driving down. It was. But anyway. Oh, totally. So, Kim, why don't we get on with this? Yeah, I guess we should talk about what we're here for. All right. So, (laughs) um, we just had so much fun with Anya that we decided to ask her to come back on. And she was gracious enough to say yes. There were a few things that we didn't get to hit last time. um, And so, we thought we'd, we'd jump back in again. So, 
Yay. Um, just so a couple of things, like I know that you had mentioned that there, well, oh gosh, I don't even know where to begin. We did have this problem last time too. Like, where do we start? There are, let's talk about the different types of modeling because I know a lot of what you do is fitness modeling, right? Right. Uh huh. But you also do fashion modeling. Mm-hmm. So yep. what? What are the different types of modeling and what are the differences? So there's actually a lot of different types. So you have what would be called parts modeling where you do like feet, hands. I know it sounds weird, like auto parts, but you're talking like parts of your body. So you might model um, your hand and wrist. You might model your feet, ears, stuff like that. So that's parts modeling, modeling where you know, like for jewelry and things like more specific where they don't want the whole person to show because they're focusing on a smaller piece. Um, You have your fitness. Yeah. You have your sports and fitness modeling. You have your fashion, um, which could be, you know, that's going to be print um, or actually print. And then fashion would be kind of like a subcategory of print. Um, You have editorial, which is another sub subcategory of print where it's like your, your magazines, um, where it'll almost tell a story with the pictures. Okay. Um, you have, I'm going to have a total brain fart here. Um, I had it. (laughs) Um, you have your fitness, which I said, and then, Oh, the other big one is lifestyle. So lifestyle is think like the print ads for different brands. Uh, for maybe like a resort, like Sandals Resort, when you oh, see okay. an ad for Sandals Resort, that is lifestyle. Um, so they want people that look what they consider to be everyday people, normal people. But, you know, so that is one one area where you might be too pretty or too, yeah, I don't that know, would just whatever. Take me right out of it right there. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but then everybody's <laughs> definition kind of varies between who's casting the models. So you could have one who thinks every day is going to be more polished and pretty, whereas another, you know, agent or uh, client is going to think that every day is more, you know, little hair messed up, no makeup. Is there a future Um, (laughs) with me? Is there a future for me in modeling with the dad bod? Actually, yes, that's hilarious. They do. They do want dad bods. Sometimes, not always. Um, and a lot of my guy friends, they've made comments before about how they'll go to a casting and they'll get booked because of their big biceps or whatever. And then they want to kind of hide it said, because they, you know, real dads don't look like that. She They're said like biceps, um, not boobs, Steve. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> No. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. I'm, you know what? Though, I'm quitting honestly, my job like, tomorrow oh my and gosh. I'm going to go to a modeling agency. Honestly, Do that's it. one of the things that I, we've have both noticed, like, cause like you've commented on it before, Steve, that in a lot of the, I guess it's probably lifestyle ads. You see like a slightly dumpier looking, like not dumpiness. It was the mannequins like, at the store. Normal looking guy with like this <laughs> stunningly gorgeous woman and they're supposed to be like a couple and she has like five kids and they're all there at Disney world together. And she clearly does not have five kids. Like she, she's like (laughs) 19 and (laughs) like, he's. I mean, sometimes, sometimes the pairings are a little bit uh, questionable. Like you're like, well, I mean, I'm just going to go with it because that's who you picked and that's (laughs) the client's prerogative. But honestly, anybody, anybody could do a lifestyle type shoot. They're just looking for people who don't freeze up in front of the camera. So, you know how a lot of people, they see a camera and instantly they have to get in front and be like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? But they're, um, they're not staying normal. They're not staying within their character. They suddenly become a camera magnet and they're looking for people who can act like they would every day as if the camera wasn't even there. So your normal personality, if you go in and interview and do all that stuff, if they like your, and they can see what your normal personality is, will they try to match you up with that kind of shoot or that kind of ad? Not always. So honestly, like, and this is something that I've really started embracing over the last year or so. Um, a lot of people, they go in for a casting and it's hard because you sit out there in the waiting room and you're around all these other people who 
are there for the same roles that you are. And everybody just kind of stares at each other. Some of the people who know each other might talk, but it, it can get a little bit awkward because everybody's nervous and everybody wants to work. And I've started to become the person like, actually, I am a massive introvert. So mm-hmm. on the Myers-Briggs test, I am an INFP. And I think my introvert level is like 90%. So it's like way up there. But when I get into the casting areas lately, I've just gone in with the mindset that I'm going to leave it all on the table and I'm just going to be myself when I'm sitting waiting room and everybody's a little bit awkward and not sure I'll start just you know kind of cracking jokes and making stupid comments not offensive but just funny to kind of loosen people up and it also you know it helps them but it's helping me so when I get in there my energy level is up and the clients love it when you come in and you are just on it and you don't just run through your casting like, hi, my name is so-and-so. I'm represented by da-da-da. I'm this tall. And then step back and and you're not begging them to hire you. Um, because a lot of people come in and they're like, oh my gosh, I need the work. And it comes across as this, in their casting, they look like they're asking and begging, please book Desperate. me, please book me. I think right. If, and it, I think if I were going to hire somebody, I would want to hire somebody with a little personality, somebody yeah. that you can work with and not someone who comes in just cold, you know, here, here I am to do the job. What do you want me to do? Right. Yeah. 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 And some people can turn it on and off, but it's better if you, as soon as you walk in that door, you keep, you, you stay the same unless you're, you're casting for a, a certain character that isn't necessarily your normal personality. You need to have that energy, bring that energy, make them remember you make them a little bit uncomfortable because you are so not hyper, but you're energetic and they weren't expecting you to come in and be so present and so on point. One of the things that we talked about last time was when you are on a shoot and you're booked for a certain reason and then they ask you to do something else. Um, Mm -hmm. So Like if you are, say, a triple threat, like you're good at modeling, you're good at singing, you're good at acting, are you more Mm -hmm. likely to, I mean, I'm sure you're more likely to get work, but are you more likely to be recommended from like, do, I guess, do clients recommend models to other clients and say, hey, she's Um, really good at acting, try her at modeling or or vice versa? Honestly, Clients usually don't refer to other clients because when they find good people, they kind of want to keep them to themselves. (laughs) Not always, but what you will get is you will get casting directors who, you know, they remember you. So if you're late, they will remember you. If you are good and you nail every casting, you're going to stand out to them. And as they see you more frequently, they're going to start to remember you and they might pull you or request you. When it comes to other castings, they can't necessarily just book you without having a casting. Mm-hmm. If that's what the client wants is, is a casting just so they can see multiple people, but they can request you from the agency and just say, Hey, to the client, we really think that you would like this person. So we're going to go ahead and bring them in as well. Okay. So Anya, how much control, and that may not be the right word, but how much control does an agency have over you? as it, a client. Yeah. Um, so they would, they would call us their talent actually. Okay. <laughs> um, the client and, and all this stuff is yeah. actually in the contracts. Like this is actually the language that they will use. Um, so the client is going to be whoever hires you and you have the agency, the representation, and then you have the talent, which would be me. Yep. So it, it honestly just kind of depends on the agency. Um, Typically, what you're going to find is when you're starting out as a new model, your agency that you sign with will probably want exclusivity because they want to make sure that it doesn't get confusing Um, because the agencies, if they're if they're worth their salt, like mine are, um, they keep track of the jobs that you do. They keep track of your non-competes. They keep track of buyouts when the buyouts expire. And all the the technical, the legal stuff, they take care of all of that, which frees up the talent to just work and, you know, focus on 
putting their best face forward. <laughs> um, so the agency will probably want exclusivity. A lot of them um, will ask for exclusivity within the state. Um, sometimes they may ask for um, total exclusivity. Um, but honestly, it depends on the agency. It depends on the talent. Sometimes the talent comes in already having representation in another area, or they're looking for an agency that might have what they call boutique clients or private clients where they only book models through that specific agency. Um, and the model might be looking to expand their uh, clients um, that they work with. So it, it really just varies. And sometimes, you know, they do have rules about posting on social media, um, check-ins. It's pretty standard for an agency to have a requirement for models to check in every month. So what you'll be doing is you'll be sending in an update saying, hey, here's my current Polaroids that I just took um, from yesterday. So for the month, you're covered. And then um, you'll give them your updates if your measurements have changed, if you've cut your hair, anything like that. But anything oh, drastic wow. like cutting your hair, getting a tattoo, getting a piercing, that all has to be cleared through the agency if you want to remain in good standing um, just so, you know, they are not surprised by anything because honestly that does happen quite a bit where um, models will get booked for something and they have since dyed their hair purple Ooh. and cut it. Hmm. And sorry, my four year old is telling me good night here. <laughs> Hi buddy. Love you. Um, sorry. Oh, that's fine. I love you more. Okay. You win. <laughs> Ah, see, we have this little battle. They're just like us. Yes, we have this little this little competition. I love you more. I love you most. I win if you say I love you most. So, Easton likes to say I love you most last. (laughs) Okay, this isn't going to get cut. No, because and that's good. He's adorable. Okay, no, this is that's real life. There, such (laughs) cute little like. She's an adorable little blonde pistol girl, and and then Easton is like. (laughs) He's big now, and then she. Has He's a, almost five. He's gonna uh, be five on the seventeenth. I'm dying. <laughs> and then she has an older son as well. So she is not only like, just. I mean, she's so so busy. I don't know how you do it all. You're so busy. <laughs> um, but go uh, ask to, me in a few years. <laughs> uh, yeah, when they're all in high school. Um, oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> going back to something that you said. You said social media. So, mm-hmm. are you? required or do agencies want you to have a social media presence? Like, do you, are, do they ask you to post so often per week or is that something that like so, you do on your own? And are you allowed to like do fun shoots, like just backstage on a set? Like this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, again, that kind of depends on the agency. Um, some of them before they even consider you, you have to have a certain number of Instagram followers. So like 10,000 or more. I am not in that category, not even close to that category. I wouldn't even tell you how many followers I lost this week. Even after I posted a video of me singing to my daughter, I still lost followers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. My maniacal laugh there. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So anyway, back on target. Um, So it depends on the agency. Um, it is always good to have a strong social media presence just because stuff is so focused and so um, heavy on social media. Um, you tagging the agency gives them more exposure. It gives them um, more content to share. So uh, most agencies do encourage it. They don't necessarily require it, but they do like it when um, their models kind of keep up that presence um, and stay active. Yeah. Um, so as far as fun, um, fun shoots go like behind the scenes, I love trying to get behind the scenes footage, but it gets a little bit sticky there just because a lot of times you're shooting, um, maybe apparel or clothing like shoes that is not, um, it has not been released yet Mm. and it may not be released for like another six months. 
So any pictures that you take, well, first of all, um, any, any client that is really on top of it is going to tell you ahead of time, we need you to sign this non-disclosure, blah, blah, blah. But any model who's worth their salt is automatically just going to assume that it's a no. And then, you know, you're not going to have to go through the process of asking and looking, you know, a little bit unprofessional because like, why would you even ask? Because you should just assume that it's not okay. Um, yeah, that's one of the so things because I've noticed like on your, on your, um, page, like you do share a lot of like your professional photos or it mm-hmm. looks like professional photos, but I don't know uh-huh. if those are like, they've been cleared by the photographer and like they said, yeah, you can post them later or if they're like already out and then you just reshare them. But then I also have noticed that like you share a lot of just like with your, I don't know, it's castmates, like fellow models, you, like yeah. just kind of hanging out, like doing goofy, fun stuff. And it's not necessarily yeah. like modeling photos. It's just like, hey, I'm hanging with my model husband who's not really my husband. Right. Or like, hey, this is my model kid. Yeah. So that kind of stuff is usually okay as long as you're not wearing wardrobe or you don't have anything in the background. So that kind of thing. Um, I still always ask before I post it. And what I'll do is I'll show the director or the wardrobe stylist, uh, the picture that I took and just say, Hey, is this okay to post? And I usually wait until like the very end of the day Mm -hmm. so that it's not in the middle of rushing through set changes and all that stuff. Um, but sometimes even though you're not shooting like a wardrobe, you like one, like you're shooting furniture. Okay. So the wardrobe does not even matter because it's not the furniture and you'll take a picture and then somebody will come through later after they gave you your phone on set. Like, like I left my phone in wardrobe across campus, bring you your phone on set and say, here, you're going to need this. You're going to be bored. And then at the end of the day, they're like, you can't take pictures with the wardrobe in it. And you're like, what are you serious? Like, there's, there's not, there's no furniture in here. Like we're, we're up against a brick wall mm-hmm. off in the middle of nowhere and it's not okay. So, so that kind of thing will kind of throw you. So I just got in the habit of always asking or just assuming it's a no. Um, so you just have to be careful because, um, sometimes they get really, uh, picky because of acknowledgements or release dates, not, um, being for a while, and even after um, some companies have shared pictures on their social media that were taken professionally, mm-hmm. but they shared it before the edits were finished. Oh, so that shoot never saw the light of day. Wow, it was very sad because we went ahead and shared it once the company that that we worked for once they shared it. Yeah. Um, the guy that I uh, shot with, my my work husband for the day, as we call them. Um, we both shared it and then we got a message from the stylist saying, Hey, you got to take that down <laughs> because yeah. it wasn't cleared and all the pictures disappeared. And then it was like, that none of them expensive. ever surfaced. It, yeah, it was. Cause I mean, they, they gave us free donuts after. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing. Like what do they feed you on set or do you have to feed oh yourself or do they provide gosh. food for you? Uh, so that depends on the client and it depends on the contract. So that's usually negotiated beforehand if they will provide food. If you're going to be there for a full day, um, it's pretty standard to provide at least lunch. Sometimes they'll do breakfast if it's an early shoot. Um, and then you just have to bring snacks. But most of the time they have what they call craft services tables where um, they'll have all kinds of snacks and granola bars and stuff like that. Sometimes you'll go on a shoot where every meal and every snack is fixed by the, these catering companies that do nothing but cater for commercials and movie shoots. And the food is beyond fabulous. Like it is out of this world. How do you say? Okay. So when I start modeling, those are the people I, I want to work for. <laughs> the, the dad bod people. Yes. Oh, message, absolutely. That, message me yep. later who I need to talk to <laughs> to get work with them. How do you, so how do you, if you're around stuff like that, like you are, you are a very tiny woman. Like you, you're a fitness model. So you have uh-huh. chiseled abs. Like you have 
a body that most women would be incredibly envious of. How, <laughs> like how many, is it just good genes or are you working out constantly? Like do you oh. not eat that food? What is the trick? Okay. So it changes with age. So I have to say that as I've gotten older, yeah, yeah it sure um, does. <laughs> I noticed, yes, you know what I mean? Your, your metabolism shifts. So honestly, um, last year I went through a pretty intense battle with some hormone issues. And so I switched to, uh, the keto diet and it basically reversed everything, uh, for me, it fixed all my issues, but, um, sticking to a keto diet is really difficult on that. Yeah. So you're constantly like, you can't weigh your food unless you have room in your bag for your scale. I only take my scale if, I am going to be on set for like a few days and it's going to, I'm going to need it in between, Mm -hmm. but a lot of it is just portion control and just choosing your foods carefully because they will have all of the good stuff. The Snickers bars, the the granola bars, Mm. shrimp chimichangas. Mm. Um, (laughs) I mean, they have crepes. They'll have Mm. like, they'll have like a crepe station. They'll have waffles. And I mean, we're talking like fresh made, like they'll make omelets for you. Steve's going to go to work and put in his notice tomorrow and go to dad bod modeling. (laughs) We should start an agency for that. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So it's, it's really difficult. And then, um, the other big thing is working out. Um, working out is probably one of the things that people will, well, actually the diet's more where they fudge, but working out is where they get a little bit lost. So my goal is just, yeah. And it like, sometimes you just have to set a small goal and just be like, all right, 20 minutes, I'm going to get this done because that's all I've got time for. And especially when you're trying to work out in a hotel room and you're like, well, I have a towel and I'm going to use that as a slider and I'm going to do, you know, X, Y, Z exercises with my towel and just use it for like a tension piece uh, for shoulder stuff. So it's no, just honestly, trying to be like, fluid. That was the best shape that I've ever been in my life. When like years ago, Steve was TDY for the entire summer. Um, oh, wow. So for those non-military listeners, TDY is a temporary duty, temporary duty. Temporary duty. So like he had to go out uh-huh. to Washington state for like three months and I went with him for some of that time. And so he okay. was like out in the field a lot. And so I was just by myself alone in the hotel room. And so I would get bored and that's what, oh. like, I just spent hours like, and it was, a, it was like a time, like a hole in the wall hotel. Like they didn't have a fitness room or anything. So I would do, oh my gosh. I just spent my time like, listening to music and doing squats and, and push-ups and, and uh, what kind I of room ripped. did you expect for $14.99 a day? I mean, yeah, honestly, oh my gosh. it was, it wasn't that cheap, but it was really <laughs> cheap, but I got ripped. I honestly think like not, I, I think body weight workouts are actually some of the most effective, easiest oh, yeah. workouts to do. Totally. Yeah, I agree. So, um, so yeah, when you I just are, have to do it right. So when you are in the gym, how how many uh-huh. hours a day are you in the gym? Um, I actually don't even go to the gym anymore. Um, <laughs> <sighs> so I you when I was doing my uh, my fitness competitions, Wait, one second. Um, I would be See, Kim, in the gym. We don't have to go to the gym. Uh, I am the one that said you need to cancel the gym membership that is in your name that we bought two years ago and used five times total. Oh my gosh. Ah. <laughs> uh. Anyway, yeah, so, what were you saying? Um, uh, let's see. I have to like pick up on my train of thought here. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah so <laughs> when I was doing my competitions, um, I would be in the gym for, you know, two to three hours a day. And then I was, uh, do, I started doing MMA training, uh, several months ago and I was in the gym at that point I was there and, but this is not your typical gym. I mean, I was doing um, one-on-one pad work. So for boxing and I'm still doing that, which also where you're just, leads, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you, which leads me to oh, another okay. question. Like yeah. I've seen you after an MMA training, I, uh-huh. you had a black eye not that long ago. I did. So I did. how do you, f- oh my gosh. like, how do you f- <laughs> fix 
that. Like if you take you don't, your face, um, you, you just you don't put arnica on it away. and hope it goes away fast. And you you and foot model for it. about a week and a half. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, that one was kind of funny cause it was so unexpected. And I mean, the, if I had something coming up, the rule was, um, don't hit me in the face. And then, but the, the, the one time I'm, I'm sparring with this guy who's six, three or six, four, and he's a black belt in like two different things. And I'm like, all right, face is off limits. I have an event tomorrow. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got a, a briefing tomorrow too. So no face for me. And I'm like, all right, cool. So he proceeds to question where kick me in the head with his gigantic long legs and which, you know, whatever I got, I, I always come back from it. And then he punches me in the face, like across my face. And he's like, that was just your chin. I'm like, mm-mm. That was chin, nose, and lips. That oh, was my face. No. You know, and that one I walked away from fine. But um for the <laughs> most part, I actually didn't tell a lot of the guys there what I did. That sounds like a because... Tanya Harding thing right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I just try to be careful. Um, but again, what I was doing at that time was in preparation for a casting that I had done. Um a movie role that I was submitted for and I didn't get it because I wasn't quite old enough, but I still had to be ready just in case. So that's why I I increased my gym time so drastically. So I was training three to four hours a day, um, six days a week. And I just had to be ready for that. And since then I've kind of backed down, um, on that front because, you know, like location, we've, we've changed locations, so now we're actually training in the park. So we get a lot of crazy looks as I'm punching and almost hitting my coach in the face a lot um, <laughs> when the pad slips. Um, but yeah, so so right now I'm just kind of being really fluid with it. I am doing some uh, shorter workouts online that I just do um, in my living room. And that allows me to not have to spend so much time because typically my kids cannot last that long without fighting (laughs) or needing something. I mean, they never need you until you're on the phone like now or until you're in the middle of a workout and you're hot and sweaty and maybe a little bit irritated. And they're like, mom, 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 Easton, Easton, turn the computer off. Right. And you're like, Lord have mercy. Um, why now? Why now? (laughs) So, you know, I try to keep it short. And then I'll maybe do something in the morning and then something else later at night. So I'll get maybe an hour total in a day. Um, but it's, it's broken up because I've, I've got other things to get done in between. Right. So I end up showering, you know, like three or four times a day. <laughs> yeah, at least you're clean. Well, th- this kind of a yeah, good segue exactly. when we were talking about like MMA and safety, kind of, uh-huh. a, two, kind of a two-part thing. What do yeah. you have to do to ensure your safety and then let you know, let's take it one another step here. That advice that you would give to a young lady, a young girl starting, how to be safe with this? Uh huh. So safety is huge. Um, when you're on set, typically like a big set, so say like Universal or Legoland or something like that, they will have um, escorts so that you just follow the directions. So you have to. You have to read your emails. You have to read your messages and make sure that you're following the instructions correctly. And then if you're doing that, um, they take care of the safety as far as um, like walking in groups, uh, making sure you don't get lost, all that stuff. But when you're on your own and going to a shoot, you know, hopefully you have a good agency like I do where they vet the clients first and they know the locations where you are, but it's good to always make sure that someone knows where you're going, when to expect you to be back, maybe check in before you leave um, and just kind of check your gas, make sure that you're not going to have to stop in a questionable area. Personally, I check things like everything. I like to Google where I'm going beforehand and kind of get the street view. I want to see maybe parking wasn't specified. So I want to see exactly where I'm going to park. I put that in my calendar so I can just add it to my, my um, map for the day. And I know where I'm going to go, but it's, it's a lot of planning 
and just being aware. So you kind of have to turn your spidey senses on and not just assume that everybody has your best interest at heart because, frankly, they don't. Yeah, I mean, um, it's a shame it has to be like that. I mean, Kim and I can go yeah. places and she'll do stuff and it's like, what are you doing? And it's stuff that, you know, that she has had to think about. Oh, and yeah, I imagine like other never... women have to think about that. A lot of men, most men, it just, you know, you, it doesn't even cross your mind to think about stuff like this. Yeah, like never, ever, right. if you're walking to or from your car, you always have your keys in your hand. You always have a cell phone uh-huh. in your hand. Like just little things that like, uh-huh. just it, you just do, you just have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And just, just being aware. And that's one thing that I learned actually in jujitsu when I first started. So I got, I got started in jujitsu when I was in Ohio. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to give a little plug if that's okay Sure. to, okay. So I got started in Gracie jujitsu with Gracie university and I was taught, um, my, my first white belt, um, moves by Henner Gracie and his wife, Eve, and they were so different. They're not your typical like meathead MMA people where it's all about aggression. They teach people how to defend themselves. Um, and that's what I was learning from them. And they had what they called the triangle of victimization where you have, um, you have your victim, you have the right circumstances. And I'm forgetting the third one, uh, the right setting, I think is the third one. But basically if you take out one of those pieces, like maybe, um, the awareness, like, um, or you take out, you know, I, I'm forget, I'm going to butcher this, but anyway, so, so just, there's a, a combination of circumstances where if you're aware of your surroundings and you are, are constantly ready to defend yourself, you know, that's not going to happen as quickly and as easily. Um, so having that, that little bit of background that I do have in jujitsu has really helped my confidence level in feeling like I can take care of myself if something were to happen, but it also teaches you the awareness and not getting, you know, popping in your headphones as soon as you walk off set and being oblivious as you walk to your car. Um, so it, a lot of it is going to be for safety, um, Googling your photographer, um, asking for their social media, asking for references, especially if this is someone who your agency is not booking you through, ask for references, ask for models that they've worked with before. I've had girls contact me about trainers that I've worked with just to say, Hey, um, I'm going to start working or I want to start working with this trainer. Um, what can you tell me? And they've gotten my name from the trainer. So I know that, that this is like a referral from this person. That person is comfortable asking uh, or letting this person ask me about them. So I'm going to be perfectly honest and say, you know, here's my opinion. Yes or no. Um, obviously with that person, I, I'm, I'm totally comfortable saying absolutely work with this person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, nobody's going to references. References are a big deal. Yeah. And, and look at, look at their social media, see who they've tagged and then contact those people. You know, it's almost like um, the FBI. Like I mean, when you have to get a top secret clearance, they inferred, ask you inferred like, references. Yeah. They ask like, okay, who yeah. else did like, they go to your reference and then they ask the reference. Okay. Who else did you guys know? And then they go to one of those people. So it's like second uh-huh. and third hand references. Yeah. That's a good point. And it's, it's kind of a pain. Yeah. Because you can't just trust people right off the bat, but it, it makes you have to do a little bit of work, a little bit of, of background. Um, just pay attention to details. And make yourself comfortable. And if you're not comfortable with it, don't do it. Yeah, my. You know, if there's if there's something about that that photographer where they they're kind of not really giving you all the information. Like sometimes I've had shoots where um, I haven't even done them because the photographer doesn't um, stay on the ball. The ball will be completely in their court. Where we need location. I need to know wardrobe. Um, so I can be prepared and I've asked you all the questions and you're not confirming the dates. You're not giving me the information I'm asking for, or you keep changing it. Or now all of a sudden the venue's changed. 
and had to have you ever been on set and had to walk out of a shoot because you just got a bad feeling or something just rubbed you the wrong way and you're like "Mm, not comfortable no no I almost did one time and then I was really glad that I didn't because it turned out great but I was actually shooting in the back of a mattress store and it was kind of in sort of a ghetto area and it didn't even really look like a mattress store. This is going to sound really bad. (laughs) It sounds kind of sketchy. It does. Okay. So it does sound sketchy. Um, this is the first time I'd been working with this photographer, but I'd seen his work. I knew it was really good. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to suck it up. And actually he worked at that mattress store, um, for a family member. And then he was allowed to set up his studio in the back. So we had this huge warehouse area in the back where he was able to set up the studio. I got some of the the best pictures from that shoot. And I didn't have enough of a bad feeling to be like, peace out, I'm done. And I'm really glad that I didn't. But it's it's those little tiny things where you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, I was was comfortable in the area. Exactly. You know, if you're comfortable, you know where you are, you have sort of an exit. And when you go, when you go somewhere, pay attention to where you're going. Like, don't just follow somebody blindly down the hallways, like make mental notes of turn here, look for this reference point on the wall. Um, personally, and this is because of other issues. I like to sit with my back against the wall. I like to be able to see, um, ways out. Um, and that's just, again, that's me and my weirdness. Um, but, you know, pay attention to those things so you don't get stuck in, in some building somewhere and suddenly things get a little bit uncomfortable and you can't remember how to get out. Yeah. Hmm. So that is what you do. So if, mm-hmm. and you've given a lot of great advice. I mean, it's stuff that I think we know, but some of the stuff yeah. isn't. I've heard, it's not stuff I've heard before and you're really bringing up some good points. But now let's talk about if you were a, 13, 14, 15-year-old girl getting started. So do all those things that you just said. But Mm -hmm. how, if you're that young, aside from keeping your your mom and dad. Yeah, which is one thing that we talked about last week, how many are unaccompanied. Yeah. Like their parents are not there on the shoot with them. Right. Um, Any any decent photographer, um, if this is not an agency-sanctioned job, any decent photographer is not going to be okay with a minor coming alone. They're going to be asking um, for an adult to accompany that minor. They're going to be asking for a permission slip from the parents um, or something like that. If it's coming through an agency, any reputable agency is going to require that minor to be accompanied by an adult. That's so, yeah, it's just knowing your photographer, um, knowing that it's not okay so, for you to be there as a minor, so those unaccompanied. Sti- so, those statistics that Kim brought up last week, what was it, Kim? It was, it was like 92% or something don't have a parent on set with them, was the statistic, but but that's a very so then that makes me think that that is a very um not necessarily biased, but kind of this is just untrustworthy statistic because it specified they don't yeah. have a parent on set with them. They might have like an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent or like a neighbor. Yeah, or... and I've seen I've seen grandparents. I've seen you know um, uncles and aunts bring their their you know family members to these things. So I, I I've never been on a shoot where the the kids were not accompanied. And that may be because these shoots were being done for big companies, big brands, you know, so it's just, it's just standard for liability purposes that these, these, these companies are not going to allow minors on set without parents. Now you will have times where the parents are asked to stay in the holding area, in the staging area, because we just don't have the room to maneuver people around and then you get the grandparents out there and they are in the way taking pictures. I was going to say, would this be a good time to talk about stage moms? 
Oh my gosh! Yes. Oh, thank goodness! <laughs> thank goodness! I thought you were going to go there with somebody completely different who what? we're listening to another podcast about right now. Oh <laughs> no, no, we're not. No, going No, we won't. We we're won't. But there. there was, yeah, we. Uh, let's just say this podcast that we're listening to is about a guy that didn't kill himself. But um. Oh. Anyway. Oh. So stage mom, like. <laughs> so stage, like, do you guys do you? Is is the stage mom sort of trope true? Like, are stage moms? They're very real. They're very real. <laughs> um, so it's kind of hard because you have these these kids who are acting or modeling, and they sometimes they can be really hard to work with because they they don't know no as a word. Mm. Um, so you'll be trying to have your your set child for the day, do something or sit still between shots um, so that you can hear or so that, you know, they don't just run off and wander off and you're resetting, you're not done. And all of a sudden it's like, Hey, we're missing a kid. So that is making time, <laughs> you know, reset and stop again because Hey, where'd this kid go? And I mean, you, you, you have parents who are, are on set and their kid is totally misbehaving and they don't say anything or they bribe them with something uh, and it doesn't work. So by the end of a very long day, the kid really has been good, bribed with meal. like, yeah. Oh no, no. We're talking about going to like Disney oh. or oh, wow. like, yeah, I'm like, I hope you're season ticket holders. Cause <laughs> my Jeez. kids haven't even been to Disney yet. It's too expensive. Do, um, they, do, do those kids make <laughs> you appreciate your kids more? They do. I come home and I'm like, Oh my gosh, you guys are so well behaved. Because people <laughs> tell me all the time that my kids are really well behaved, and on, like personally, I think that they're you know the spawn of Satan sometimes. I mean, that's um, nice. because, like they're always good for everybody else except for their parents, right? Yes, but then I get around other people's kids, you know, on set and stuff, mm -hmm. and I just come home and I'm like, I'm really glad that you don't argue with me all the time. And if I tell you no, it's not like you throwing yourself on the floor and. Mm -hmm you know, banging your head on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we've mentioned this one before. One of the, the, the little girls that Kim watches <sighs> is the best tantrum thrower I have ever seen in my life. She went on for 15 minutes over, over a, a piece big... of toast. <gasps> no, it was a piece of toast. A yeah. Piece of toast. She wanted, she didn't want jelly on it. She only wanted butter or something like that. And I put jelly Stop. on it and she literally, it was amazing. Like, you. Yeah. It was amazing. Oh, it was, she's intense. She's a, she, she, to be fair, though, because I know her mom listens to our show, she <laughs> is also super sweet. Like, she's one of the most loving kids I've ever met. But, like, when it's not her way, forget it. You're done. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's, yeah, there's some kids. And, I mean, some kids are just, it may not be necessarily the parents aren't doing anything. It's just you have these very energetic artsy kids oh yeah and they're very extroverted so that's what the um the company wants and i've seen castings that say they want a precocious nine-year-old well precocious <laughs> basically means uh poorly bratty <laughs> <laughs> um at least if i in my interpretation so i apologize uh for whoever gets offended by that um but when you're asking for a precocious nine-year-old, you're literally asking for a nine-year-old who's going to challenge you on everything, every turn, no matter what role you are for that shoot. So you better be prepared to handle it because that's what you asked for. <laughs> the reason why in the showbiz world, they say don't work with animals or children. Do you work with animals? <laughs> I've never seen you on a, like a shoot with an animal before. You know, now that I think of it, I haven't. No, I haven't. Um, a lot of times when they have that stuff, they'll ask you to bring um, your dog if it's well-behaved, and they always specify well-behaved. Yeah. Um, we need to get Rupert so, in the uh, Yeah. You can be... You, so you can get your Rupert dogs into it. Like, yeah, Steve and Rupert can be... I'm telling you, we got a thing. Steve and Rupert, your next big thing. Oh, yeah. do it. Do it. Okay, let's, let's do a photo shoot. Get okay. some headshots. Dad bod, dog bod. Yeah, Rupert. Totally. Put, oh, I love it. Yes. Rupert oh, put on a little bit of weight. Hey, <laughs> how far have you had to travel? You personally, how far have you had to travel? Anything international or has it all been stateside so far? 
I mean, um, do, you, do you keep your passport ready to go? I do keep my passport ready to go. Um, I have almost booked a few things overseas, like in Europe and South America, but the, my agency doesn't get a lot of those jobs. Um, a lot of times those book with specific agencies. Uh-huh. And so I've gone to, you know, I'll fly back to Indiana sometimes, but again, that's, that's considered local work because it's booking through my agent out there. Mm-hmm. Um, most of what I do it, at this point is local to um, central Florida, sometimes down in Miami. Um, I'll go down there. I've been up to Hilton Head in South Carolina. Um, but again, that was, you know, that's not super far for me. I think it's like six hours. But do you have to, you have to drive yourself all of those places, right? right. And yes. do you get, do you get like lot. mileage or anything? Or is that just a, a cost that you absorb? Um, it depends. So if it's, if it's a, like a, a union job, mileage will be part of that. Um, but sometimes that's also negotiated, like the meals will be beforehand. Oh, yeah. Um, and they'll tell you ahead of time that travel expenses will be paid, like a flat fee or per mile, usually a flat fee, if anything. But most of the time it's nothing. So you have to take that into account. So I have kind of a mental list of the locations where I will go to shoot and what my minimum will be. So that takes into account the casting, uh, travel to casting, child care for the casting. If there's a second casting, which oh, yeah. they call a callback. Yeah, I mean, um, that's an expense you have to think about. Yeah, because daycare is right. not cheap. No, and then you're also paying gas for that. Um, you're also possibly missing other jobs. So you always have to take that into account. So I always have a minimum that I have to do. And sometimes you'll, you'll go. So I'll go to Orlando for a casting, which is an hour. And then I'll get the callback, which they kind of narrow down people to the callback. So it's a smaller casting, mm-hmm. but the callback will be in Tampa. And that should only take me two hours, but because of traffic, it takes anywhere from two and a half to three and a half. Um, or it could take about six hours when you are driving back from Tampa and it's Friday night and everybody has wrecked on every detour. (laughs) So, you know, you'll have to take that into account. Um, and then like, um, a few weeks ago I went out to LA for some stuff and then I came back and I flew back on the red eye. So I didn't land until, and it was actually late. So it was like nine 30 in the morning, the next morning. Well, I had a call back in Orlando And there was no way I was going to be able to drive all the way home from the airport, shower, change, get dressed, you know, make up all that, and then drive all the way back to Orlando. So I went straight from the airport, which I had slept none on the airplane, on the flight over. I went straight from the airport to the the callback. I hadn't had coffee. I had slept about six hours total for that whole weekend. And this was a Monday so I was just completely exhausted. My energy was so low. I could barely keep my eyes open. I was dizzy and I was petrified because I'm like, there is no way I don't have makeup on. I haven't like changed my clothes. Like this is really bad. And it, I ended up booking it. Wow. Um, it went so well. I, my energy came back just enough for the callback that, I mean, and actually um, they they had already kind of made up their mind on that particular one. So I found out later it was just a formality, <laughs> but I was sweating bullets. Cause I'm like, this could be so bad. Like I need this job. I need to work. And I look terrible. I feel terrible. I need to literally fake energy for this. <laughs> yeah. well, um, so that's too- the kind of thing you just have to be ready for. I think too, it's worth noting that models, I think a lot of people think that models make a ton of money and that's not true. Like if you Google the cost, like the pay of an average model, it's about equal Mm -hmm. to a teacher's salary. Yeah. And the funny thing with that is too, uh, they're probably not even making that much because seasons, um, are not all year long. So you're not going to be working all year long because people are not shooting you know, 12 months out of the year. Oh, I didn't realize that. Um, 
No. So you have seasons and depending on what area of the country you're in, your season will be different and you're not going to have consistent work. It's just, it's not going to happen. Modeling is very hard to make full time. You have to have more often than not, you have to have something to supplement your income. Um, So, and it depends, your your pay rates are going to depend on the area of the country that you're in. So you have models who market themselves on different, um, just regular websites to sell. Um, I won't mention any names here, but, you know, and just yesterday I saw this list of models who are marketing themselves and they're, they're charging $15 an hour and they'll maybe, there was one who charged $150 an hour for full nudes, but you know, it, not only does that give models a bad name, right? They're, they're underselling, you know, if, if you want to do nude modeling, you know, go, go for it. But, you know, you need to know what your product is worth because that it's like when you have a neighborhood, you know, and you have a house in that neighborhood sell for pennies, it brings down the value of the rest of the houses because the costs are lower. Right. And I think um, we touched base on this. I think we touched on this last time that if you do nudes, that's out there forever. Yeah. So you can change your mind later, but it's out there. Right. Yeah. And, and so you have these girls who are, and sometimes guys too, who are charging $15 an hour, $25 an hour for two hour minimum. And they don't even have a policy for travel expenses and things like that. And when you think about it, it's like, you can't support yourself on that. No. And, and that's also bringing down the rate that people are willing to pay for actual professional models who are dependent on their income as a model. And they're like, you know, well, we can go get a model off of these different websites for a lot less. Right. So it's going to save us money. The product may be not as good. I'm, I'm not saying that those people can't model because a lot of times they can, but they're underselling. Right. And you have to know your value and you have to have a point where you say, I'm sorry, but this is not worth my time. Um, or it's not worth the effort. Um, it's not something that I feel I can get behind. So you have to think about that too. Like, what are you representing? Is that something that you're comfortable representing? That makes sense. Um, maybe it's a diet product that you might not agree. And, you know, they've got that whole controversy going on Twitter and all that with the celebrities promoting the diet teas and losing weight and all this stuff. And I'll take you some know, of that. <laughs> Right. And a lot of people that's, they're like, well, that celebrity endorses it. So it must be good. That celebrity and they're like, you're promoting unhealthy body images. Yeah. So you have to think about, you know, the brand that you're working with, like, um, are you comfortable with the way that they're presenting their products, um, with the product itself? Because, you know, a lot of people may not know who you are when they see that commercial. So it doesn't really affect them, but do you want your name associated? Do you want your face associated with that product? Yeah. That makes sense. Hey, Anya, we're, we're coming up on the hour here, uh-huh. and th- this has been another great episode here. We're, we're trying to yeah. – we're lining up a few other folks to interview with other different careers, someone in the uh, radio field, and with I think, we oh, have a, I think we have a coal miner lined up here in the next future. But we just want to try to do this. You have brought so much insight – into the world of modeling. I hope that people who listen to this understand it's more than just going out and having pictures taken. It's, it's big business. And it's, I mean, there's, it's complicated. It's very, very complicated. I mean, that's what I have gotten out of this is how involved this really is. Do you have any final thoughts here in a few seconds or a minute or so that you want to leave us with about modeling? I would say if you're going to get into modeling, Put on your thickest skin and, you know, whatever, whatever gets thrown at you, whatever insults, comments, anything like that, just make sure you know your worth and be confident in that. And don't let anybody question that. Hey, Anya, thanks for uh, being with us today. Folks, we've got some other stuff happening. Um, after the first of the year, we're, I'm going to start a new project. I'm not going to announce it right now. There's a lot of groundwork I have to set up to uh to get this up and running but here here in a couple weeks um I'll I'll let you know what's going on with this new project that I got going on Kim do you have anything um no 
so. Anya, would you like to uh, promote yourself a little bit? How can people find you? Yes, absolutely. So if you want, you can go find me on Instagram. It's Anya Reed. Um, I'm sorry, model Anya Reed. So model A-N-N-A-R-E-E-D. That's my Instagram. So go follow me there and I would love to talk to you. Okay. Kim, get us out of here. All right. If you would like to drop us a line, you can do so at alosthour at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. And shameless plug for Best of Dayton 2019. If you just go uh, Google Best of Dayton 2019, uh, when the website pulls up, search for Best Local Podcast. And if you would do us the honor of nominating us, we would greatly appreciate it you can nominate us multiple times a day every day all the days i think there are fewer than 20 days left uh and then we'll find out if we made the final so thank you so much for those of you who have already nominated us and nominated us multiple times again we're doing this for fun but i i think it is educational i mean people are learning about stuff i have learned about things that I never knew, things I had never considered. Oh, absolutely. And so, look, hey, if you're listening to us, help us out a little bit. Share us. Like um, us. Give Tell us your a, friends. Give us a rating, a good rating. Don't yeah, leave don't, us a bad rating. That. No, we don't Email like me and let me know what we're doing wrong with that one. But help us out, share us, and um, keep following us. Yep. We have some really cool things coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks, including a very special, special, special edition of An Hour of Your Life, a Christmas present that we're going to be telling you about here in the next couple of weeks. I don't want to say anything about it yet, but we have a very special uh, listener appreciation um, sort of multimedia broadcast. Oh, yeah. Okay. So from the beautiful studios in Beaver Creek, Ohio. Thanks for spending an hour of your life with us.